Gotta love the John Williams score for the original Superman. That's just um, uh, one of the best. So welcome, welcome here to North Haven Church. Uh, my name is Adam Sidler. I'm the senior pastor here. And if you're in the room or if you're watching online, it's good to be together. And speaking of together, we've been talking about this for the last... Uh, month, and that is this Sunday, September 19th, Back to Church Sunday. So we're right now, we're joining 15,000 other churches all around the world that have uh, said today is Back to Church Sunday and talking about hope being here. And, and I could speak personally for myself and hopefully for many of you. Uh, so for me, over the last 20 months, um, I can't imagine having gone through everything we've gone through uh, without my church family, without this community. And, and, and there are many in this community and in your communities that don't have that connection. Um, and we want to be praying uh, for those that they, would, that they would find a community uh, such like this that they can connect to for encouragement, support as we spur one another towards love and good deeds. Uh, so if you're new, if this is your first time or you've been relatively new uh, and you're in the room or you're watching online, I would love to connect with you, uh, meet you after the service and uh, know how not only who you are, but how I could be praying for you. So if you could give me that privilege, that would be fantastic. Um, so uh, we're um, talking today, you saw that Superman clip, and uh, I'm going to make some connections here that's going to uh, make that a little bit more obvious. But Superman, I mean, we've seen iterations of, of uh, this character over the years. Uh, most recently uh, with uh, Harry Cavill, um, with the Man of Steel and uh, the new... Um, uh, kind of Justice League movies. Uh, but then before that, uh, there is the Superman Returns, which I don't know if you need to see that one. But then Christopher Reeves. Anybody remember or has ever seen images or video of the first Superman iteration on either TV or movies, the George Reeves episodes? Um, so my son and I, we, we love superheroes, or our whole family does, actually. Um, but my son and I, we talk about this a lot. We actually, he and I just went to uh, Shang-Chi, uh, the new Marvel movie, which is, which is really great. And uh, we're watching this movie. We get all done, and we're talking about it. And um, my son, he, he begins to ask me some questions about uh, superheroes, like from when I was a kid. And I said, hey, you want to see some interesting stuff. And he's, he's like, sure. You know, he's 11. And, uh, and so I showed him the clip of uh, the intro to the George Reeves Superman show that was out in, the, was that the 50s, the 60s? Um, I show him that intro and we're watching it together on my phone. He's looking at it. And while we're watching it, I'm sitting over here. He's right here. This is what he does. He's in his underwear. <laughs> I mean, just, just, we saw that. We saw the Batman intro from the 60s. We saw 
uh, the Spider-Man show that came out in the 70s. And I mean, superheroes have come a long, a long way. And it's amazing to me that um, I'm going to be sitting with my grandchildren one day and they're going to wonder what in the world I was watching when I was their age. Uh, because it's going to be completely different. But Superman, definitely one of the most quintessential uh, superhero characters. Right off the bat, I'm going to rub some of you the wrong way because I'm going to say the, the age-old debate, Batman isn't really a superhero. Really, really cool. But Superman is the quintessential superhero. I just love what he represents and all that that story entails, although my favorite is Batman. But he's not a superhero. But we're not going to get into that. Superman was created by a guy named Jerry Siegel. Jerry Siegel. And, and uh, Jerry is an interesting um, uh, individual himself. because So he was, he's the son of Jewish immigrants from Lithuania. Um, so they came over here a long time ago, and, um, and Jerry was kind of raised in that uh, environment and with parents that loved him, and especially his dad. His dad not only loved him, but encouraged all of Jerry's creative and artistic efforts. Uh, Jerry had this propensity to want to create and to uh, want to just um, come up with new ideas and stories, and his dad championed that. I uh, thought it was wonderful. And then tragically, tragically, when Jerry was 14 years old, when he was just in junior high, his father was tragically murdered in a robbery. So then it shouldn't come as really any surprise that years later, as Jerry's an adult, that he would come up, that he would create a character who rescues people. And probably uh, deep down in Jerry's psyche was this just desire, this immense desire for someone to have been present when his father was murdered to have rescued him. So Jerry creates this, this character, Superman, and as, as, as I mentioned, we've, we've seen all these different aspects of it uh, over the years. As I mentioned, the most recent iteration is the Man of Steel movie and that character, and that footage was from that movie. The music was from the original uh, Christopher Reeves uh, movie, Superman in the 70s, but the voiceover was also from that original movie. Do you know who that was? Anybody know who that was? Wow, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando played Clark Kent's father. I mean, well, uh, Jarrell's father, Superman's father on Krypton. And that was his voiceover. And they've used that voiceover in almost every iteration to some extent with Superman. And some of what is being said there is, and maybe it sounds familiar, he's saying, um, I'm, I'm sending you to earth uh, to, to help them. You, you are my only son. You're going, to, you're going to help them when they can't help themselves. There is obvious symmetry to, to someone that we talk about a lot here at North Haven, and this is going to sound cliche. Let me just warn you about that. But what is one thing that's always true about cliches? Anybody want to take a stab? They're true. That's why they're cliches. Because they're often so obvious. Jesus was the original Superman. 
Long before Superman came into our consciousness from Jerry Seagal, Superman was really Jesus. And Jesus has used so many different, and we see this in Scripture, the Almighty, the King of Kings, Savior, Lord of all. He could certainly also carry the moniker Super. And, and you see, our reality prior to Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead and the fact that he's living today, prior to that reality, the, the reality for us as human beings was such that we were condemned to death because of our sin. A term that's given to that is sin nature. In that everybody, everybody, uh, regardless of whether you believe in Jesus or whether you don't believe in Jesus, regardless of whether you lived thousands of years ago or you're living today or you'll live hundreds of years later, everybody is born with a sin nature. Let me explain. Every single person who's ever lived, is living, or will live was born and lives separated from God completely separated from God, eternally separated from God, meaning that there is this huge chasm between, between us, humanity, every single person, regardless of what you have done or haven't done, and God, a huge chasm. And we could try in vain to jump, right, over that chasm. We could, we could give every effort. We could get a running head start. We could be the strongest person in our circle, and we would never be able to jump far enough to get to the other side. And so that reality being nothing we could ever do could cause us to bridge that huge chasm. We couldn't get to God, and so God came to us. That's who Jesus is. What's another name for Jesus? Anybody? Emmanuel. God with us. We couldn't get to God. We can't get to God. God came to us through Jesus, who then gave his life as a ransom for our sins. And that when we believe in him, the Bible tells, me, it tells us that when we decide to follow Jesus and make him the leader of our life, that we are saved. And that salvation is eternal. It is secure. But Romans 7, chapter, or chapter 7, verses 21 through 24, written by Paul, he talks about this reality that we live in, our sin nature, that causes that separation from God that we cannot bridge. This is what he says. He says, I have discovered this principle of life. Then I want you to tell me whether this is something that you relate to. Listen to this. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Resonate with you? He says this, there is another power within me. He's talking about this sin nature that exists in us all, that separates us from God. There is another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power, it makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me, that sin nature. 
and he says, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And so God, recognizing our reality that we are separated from him, as I mentioned, came to us and provided a way through Jesus Christ. Paul also says in his letter to the, uh, to the uh, Colossians church in chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, he says this, God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus. There's something very distinctive that Paul's alluding to here. He says, Jesus purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. What does it mean to be rescued? When I say that word rescue, you inevitably begin thinking of different definitions. And I would venture to say this, that if I invited each of you to stand up, I won't, but stand up and, and, and tell me your definition of rescue, it would pretty much sound very similar. We would all have very identic, uh, identifiable, or right, identical, thank you, identical definitions of the word rescue based on our understanding of what that word means. And it would probably be very similar or some semblance of what Webster's Dictionary defines rescue as, which is freedom or making free from evil or some sort of destruction or darkness. So evil from danger, destruction, darkness, that is what rescue is defined as, and I would imagine that it is uh, a definition that you would probably come up with yourself. But Paul, when he's talking about rescue in the book of Colossians in chapter 1, he has a different meaning entirely. Now, I've talked about this before, but something that's really, really important when we consider the words that, that are in this book, in, in God's word, and that is when, when this was originally written, it was written in a much different language than you and I speak here today. Our language infers different meanings, other languages differ meanings that are different from that, and such is the case here in Colossians. So Paul was writing in an ancient Greek called Koine Greek, and he uses a word that is different than what we associate with rescue. Because when we look at the definition of the Greek word that Paul writes, the definition is to deliver. Now, at, at the outset, that might seem similar. You might not right away see the distinction, but there is a very important distinction. How we define rescue, freedom from uh, danger or evil, the emphasis in that definition is on who? The person being rescued. It's on the person being rescued. When, when you think of rescue, um, nine times out of ten, you're going to think of a time in your life, you probably are even right now, where you were rescued from something. Or what you're doing is imagining you being in a situation where you would need to be rescued. 
But our definition of that word, it's focused on the person being rescued. But the definition that's attributed to that word that Paul uses, the focus isn't on the one being rescued. The focus is on the rescuer, on the rescuer. And the reason that's, that's important is because when we confine the idea of being rescued by God, when we confine that to our understanding of what rescue means or should mean, we are limiting the reality of that rescue being only based on making free from darkness or danger or evil. But what's, what, is, what is fundamentally wrong with that perspective? If, if we only limit it to being free from danger or evil, what will inevitably happen again? We're going to be in danger again. And we're going we're gonna to face evil. We're going to face uh, situations where we deem we should be rescued. But Paul's saying, no, that's, that, that isn't what, I, what this is all about. It isn't about who's being rescued. It's about who's doing the rescuing. And rescue is not being free from danger. It's not being free from evil, but it is being delivered. In that, to be rescued by God through Jesus, we are literally being taken out of the kingdom of darkness, and we're being delivered, placed into the kingdom of Jesus. And the reason that's important is if we just consider rescue as being free from danger or evil, we still exist in this understanding that danger or evil is always around the corner. And our life becomes, it becomes motivated and dictated by the waves. Whereas when we understand that instead rescue from God through Jesus is him taking us out of the kingdom of darkness forever and placing us firmly, securely, never ending into the kingdom of Jesus when we have that understanding, it changes everything. Because what is that? That is hope. That is hope. Man, hope, hope gives a bum rap, especially in the fall. Because many of us, regardless of who you're rooting for, but for me, hope becomes, I hope the Vikings do well this year. That's what we use hope for. Uh, I hope I get that, that raise or that bonus this year. I hope my, my kids come home for Christmas. Or I hope my kids grow up and they're normal. I, I, you know, we use this word hope for so many things. And what we've relegated it to is what? A wish. It's a wish. We've relegated this essential, fundamental word, hope, we've relegated it to what we expect from a genie. But hope isn't a wish. 
It's not, it's not looking at God and crossing our fingers. It's looking at God and knowing for sure. Hope is truth. Hope is never failing. It is something that we can cling to knowing because it's true that it won't ever fail. And we can have hope. We can know the truth, stand firmly in the truth when we understand what God has done, is doing, and wants to do by delivering us, taking us out of the kingdom of darkness, that sin nature that we are all destined to, taking us out of that and delivering us and placing us into the kingdom of Jesus. That's where hope resides. And so when we say hope is here, and we elude or give reference to hope being here in this church, it's not that this church gives hope. It's that this church has, has claimed the foundation, has planted the flag of Jesus Christ. And that hope is found in him. Superman is one of my all-time favorite superheroes, as I'm sure that's probably true for some of you, because we have all longed for rescue. Because our innate reality is our sin nature. And that we cannot escape that reality unless we are taken out of the kingdom of darkness and delivered into the kingdom of Jesus because that sin nature is our reality, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you've given your life to him or not, in all of us there is, you've heard referred to as that God-sized hole. It's that something that every single person knows is there. That whether you could verbalize it or communicate it this way, every single person has, a, has an innate need or desire to be rescued. But, but Superman was conceived in the mind of someone who knew just this. Again, whether Jerry Siegel could have, could have actually uh, conveyed or verbalized, I, I have this innate desire to be rescued, that was his reality, as much as it is for you and for mine. But just as he saw the need for rescue and wished that rescue had been prevalent when his father uh, faced such peril, we also understand this rescue and also understand that Superman is a wish. But we actually have a Superman. Even though Jesus was 100% man, he was also 100% God. Who only could provide the way for life and life everlasting. Jesus literally has provided the only true form of rescue, delivering us, taking us out of one reality, and placing us into the hope 
of the reality of the kingdom of Jesus. The great exchange of the gospel of Jesus Christ is Jesus' life for yours. It is only because of Jesus' sacrifice that we remain truly rescued, that is, delivered into the kingdom of Jesus, and that is where hope resides. You see, Jesus didn't have a red cape, but his blood flowed for you and for me. Jesus wasn't a man of steel, but because he was God, the strength and the defeat of death, the conquering of death, And then his life provided the way for us to have life and life everlasting. And there are two, there are two audiences here in this room and watching virtually that I want to say the next words for. So two two different types of individuals here this morning and those watching. One, one group are those that have yet to make a decision to not only find or search about how to fill that God-sized hole, that innate desire to be rescued, but have yet to find Jesus, to make him the leader of your life. The Bible tells you, and this is, this is the hope I was talking about, the truth that can never waver, it can never diminish. The Bible tells us that that when we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins and for mine, and when he rose from the dead and is living today, when we believe that and then decide to follow him, making him the leader of our life, the Bible tells us that we are saved. That is for eternity. When before we are separated from God, now we have a right relationship with him. Not because of what we've done but because of what Jesus did for us. There's another group of people here that I want to speak to, and, those, and that is, are those people who have drifted away from God. You know, when, when we talk about marriage between uh, 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 two spouses, you know, what, we talk about this, this commitment, and, and, and I've mentioned this before, in any relationship, whether it's a marriage relationship or a friend relationship or a relationship with God, any relationship in which you are not intentionally pursuing just naturally does this. And that's why some, some marriages, you, you'll wake up and, and you'll, just, you'll be like, how did we end up here? It's because, because there wasn't that intentionality along the way. And, and maybe for some of you, that's true in your relationship with God, where, where at once you were, you were right there, and then, and then as you went on, you weren't intentionally pursuing him. He's always intentionally pursuing you, but you've kind of veered off, and then you've, you wake up one morning, and you're like, what happened? But just like a marriage, when a couple decides to renew their vows, they're not getting remarried, they're married but they're recommitting their lives to one another. Some of you here this morning in the room and watching online, you you are in that place where you veered off. You haven't been intentionally pursuing God, and today is an opportunity for you to do just that, to stop seeing rescue 
as a momentary circumstantial freedom from danger or evil, but instead understanding that rescue is being taken out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of Jesus. And so for, for both of those audiences, I want to invite us all, if we could pray. And if you have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, I believe, I believe that you are the Son of God. I, I, I don't necessarily understand how, but I know that you are. I believe that you loved me so much that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you didn't remain in the grave, but that you defeated death and you rose from the dead and that you're living today. I, I don't understand how, but I know it's true. And Jesus, today, I want to make the day where I decide I'm going to follow you. I'm going to make you the leader of my life. Thank you, thank you for saving me. And for those of you this morning here in this room or online who have veered off, you made that decision at some point. And since then, you have not been intentionally pursuing the Lord because you've had a skewed view, a skewed understanding of what rescue is. And today is the day where God is not only beckoning you, but now you're listening. And you decide, I'm going to recommit my life to you, Lord. I want you to pray with me. Father God, forgive me. Forgive me for focusing on the person being rescued and not on the person who's done the rescuing. Today, I, I want it to mark the beginning of a new reality for me. Today, I want to pursue you. I want to live my life with the understanding that I've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and delivered, placed into the kingdom of Jesus. I want my life to reflect the hope that I have in you. And Father God, for all of us, I pray, Lord, that as you continue to speak to us, as you continue to beckon us, as you continue to pursue us, as you continue to remain faithful, being the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I pray, Lord, that we would continually and faithfully respond to the hope that is true and secure only in you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited. Next week, we're going to start an eight-week series where we're going to look into the life of Jesus through this series, The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's just a fantastic uh, series. Let's just watch this short uh, video clip.
We're going to do this uh, together, so every Sunday over the next eight weeks, we're going to be uh, uh, looking at uh, truth from God's Word that uh, we can get out of each of these episodes, eight episodes total. Uh, and we also want to provide uh, this study guide, uh, this chosen study guide that's been um, formatted specifically for our church here. And this study guide is a wonderful resource for you to go through as an individual, uh, as a couple, as a family, or as a small small group. Um, we're going to be presenting these study guides digitally to all of you over this next week, so be looking for that. There'll also be a web page on our site where you can access that information. But there are also uh, going to be physical copies for those uh, to use if you would prefer to do it that way. Don, are there still some there? There are still some at the information desk, and there will be every week through the series. So um, make sure that you uh, engage with that. It's, it's going to be, um, I think, a very encouraging and wonderful time uh, together. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless.